On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll focus on some rotations that are shifting into focus. Like death and taxes, Dodger's been a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not had uh, three co-crews yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Tuesday, March 30th. I'm Al Melchior, and with me here for this episode is Michael Beller. And Michael, we're in that weird uh, gray area between the end of spring training. Teams are going back from their sites uh, to their to their uh, wherever they're starting the series, uh, starting the season rather. Uh, but there's still, you know, a few position battles that are being worked out uh, between now and opening day. So let's talk about a few of those. Um, and a number of these actually involve rotations. So let's start with the Marlins. And Sixto Sanchez was optioned to the alternate site. Not really a complete surprise, but still to everybody that drafted him, I think they were hoping against hope that Sanchez would uh, be ready to go early on. But this is all part of the uh, Marlins strategy to manage his innings. Plus, he got a little bit of a, a late start in spring training due to a uh, false COVID-19 test, uh, false positive. So um, the other item here that's worth mentioning is that the Marlins are going with a four-man rotation. So I- I'm going to focus this question to you, Michael, um, that it seemed like in drafts, people were valuing Sanchez and Sandy Alcantara and Papa Lopez pretty equally like they seem to be bumping against each other in ADP rankings does this knock Sanchez down from those other two uh for you in your estimation no I you know I don't think you should really change the way that you're looking at Sixto going into the season we knew this was going to be a reality and we knew that innings management was going to be a reality at some point whether it was uh, cutting off a couple of starts at the beginning of the year, uh, sometime in July, shutting him down in September. Like, we knew some form of innings management was coming for Sixto, no matter what. So I I really don't think that this news that we have, that he's going to start out at the alternate site before getting back with the rotation a couple of weeks into the season, really should change the way that you're thinking about him. Um, And it doesn't change it for me. I actually still have one uh, draft remaining on uh, actually tonight. Uh, now that I think about it, it's uh, one draft remaining tonight, and I will be going into that with the exact same thought on Sixto, on Alcantara, and on Pablo Lopez that I had you know 48 hours ago. Yeah, who knows? Maybe Sanchez will even uh, drop a little yeah, bit. Yeah, there uh, you go. I'd be fine fall, with that. <laughs> fall into your lap. <laughs> so uh, another uh, rotation that uh, is not quite settled as the Dodgers, and this one's um. Maybe a little bit of a surprise because I think everybody was more or less taking for granted that David Price was in that rotation, but that fifth spot is still up for grabs. So Julio Rios is in the rotation, but Price is still competing with uh, Dustin May and Tony Gonsolin, uh, according to Juan Toribio of MLB.com. Dave Roberts will make a decision before opening day on this, so we won't have to wait long. But do you have a favorite here uh, in terms of who you think will get it, in terms of who you like for fantasy purposes? Um, who do you like from this group? Yeah, um, I like Dustin May for fantasy purposes the most. I'm not going to try to handicap who's going to get this. I mean, I, w- I would guess that David Price is ultimately going to break camp as the fifth starter for this team. That just seems to make the most sense. 
we know this team's going to be managing uh, innings all season long for all these guys. I mean, Price is not going to make that, you know, no one in this rotation is getting 30 starts. And I think that holds for even the three big guys at the top, Kershaw, Bauer, and Walker Bueller. I think you're going to see innings management for all these guys. And then I think that's why the top three are getting overdrafted a little bit. I think on a start-for-start basis, no reason to think they'll be anything short of excellent. I don't think the volume is going to be there for those guys that it will be for the pitchers alongside whom they're being drafted. So that's why I've been really off those three guys. Um, I like Dustin May basically because I like his skills the best. I think he's got the best skill set, and I think no matter how he's used, whether it's more as a reliever, whether he does get double-digit starts, whether he's maybe used as uh, in uh, a, a follower behind an opener, or if he's uh, used in long relief, if he, you know, whatever they do with Dustin May, that skill set's going to shine through in whatever role he has. And so once we get past those big three of Kershaw, Bauer, and Bueller, and you know what, we can call it four and throw Urias in there as well. I think he deserves to be treated um, in that, you know, obviously not at the ceiling of Kershaw, Bauer, and Bueller, but the sort of safety that he will be a starter when he pitches. Uh, once we get past those four and we're talking about the next three, May's skills make him the most interesting to me, even if I think that Price and maybe even Gonsolin are going to get more starts than May is going to get. I want that skill set on my roster. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. All right. Well, and another rotation situation that's been crowded, and it's not a rotation that gets mentioned in the same breath as the Dodgers, but I think it's a really interesting one, and it's the Tigers. And uh, this this wasn't really – we hadn't really discussed this on the Monday show. DVR and I, we talked about a number of position battles that were getting worked out, and I think that we were maybe remiss to not uh, touch on on this one because uh, in the last few days, Casey Mize was named – as the fifth starter. Now that's something that probably would not have been available to him if Spencer Turnbull wasn't in COVID-19 protocol right now. He's going to be in that protocol uh, at least through mid-April. So uh, my, you know, should get to make a, a few starts and maybe more than that, because according to Jason Beck of MLB.com, the tig- Tigers are likely to go with the six-man rotation uh, when Turnbull is ready to return. So if we look, you know, much longer term, Michael, and we're looking, you know, beyond April into May, June and so forth, do you think that there will be room for both Mize and Tarek Skubal? Uh, how long of a leash are you expecting uh, these two pitchers in particular to have if they, they do struggle a bit early on? I feel like these guys got to have pretty long leashes this year, Al. I mean, they're both in their age 24 season. It's not like we're talking about 21-year-old guys here. And they're still young, and there's still plenty of time for them to learn on the job in the majors. But, like, the Tigers need to start, A, seeing returns for these guys, and B, seeing what sort of guys these are. Like, are these arms that they can build a competitive team around? Can these guys be, you know, top three rotation pieces in a competitive team. Presumably the Tigers want to be competitive again at some point in our lifetimes, right? (laughs) Like they've been building around these arms that have been coming up to the majors for a while now. And so, you know, I don't think this team really has any illusions of being a playoff competitor. I think there's maybe an element of friskiness to this team this season, but we're not going to be talking about the Tigers as a playoff team. Like this is the year. This is the year I think that they have to figure out 
what Tarek Skubal and Casey Mize are and what they can be for this team and for this franchise in the years to come. And because of that and the fact that they really shouldn't have any illusions of being a playoff competitor, I think we're going to see them stick with the major league team. I just don't think there's anything left for these guys to do in the minors. I don't think there's a ton of value left for this for these players to provide to the franchise in the minors. I think we got to know what they are in the majors and then the team can operate from there. It's long enough unknown. This needs to be a known thing for the Tigers going into the 2022 season. And the only way they can do that is if these guys stick as major leaguers in 2021. All right. Well, I would certainly like to see them make plenty of starts this year. So uh, hopefully that happens. And let's just shift over to a hitter here for a moment. I thought this is a really interesting little news tidbit uh, that I saw on Monday that uh, for, this is from Mark Topkin of the Tampa Bay Times, that Yoshi Tsutsugo is probably going to be the leadoff hitter for the Tampa Bay Rays. And I have to say, this is a player that has been completely off my radar. I am not alone in that. He's outside the top 580 P. He hit just 197 last year, but drew a lot of walks, had pretty good power, had a 47% hard hit rate. So there's a lot there to recommend him if he actually does get consistent reps in that leadoff spot. Also third base eligible on Yahoo and ESPN. So there's some multi-positional appeal there for Tsutsugo. Um, I don't know how deep your draft is tonight, but is this somebody that you would think about? Uh, in that draft, no, not quite that deep, but I, I don't know. He's not, and here's why. Like, I just, I don't trust the Rays at all. I trust them <laughs> to figure things out for themselves and have a competitive team and have a more competitive team than their on paper, the way they stack up on paper would suggest they have any right being, but like, I just don't trust this team at all. Like, Yandy Diaz is going to get time. Mike Brasso is going to get time. Wander Franco is going to be up with this team eventually. Like, I, I just don't trust them to keep anyone other than like Randy Arozarena, Austin Meadows, Brandon Lau. Those guys are going to be what we expect them to be, at least in terms of playing time and lineup placement. The rest of this team, who the hell knows? You know, and we'd be foolish to pretend that we do know. And so you combine that with the fact that Susugo definitely has some an attractive skill set, but not the sort that really overwhelms you. Like there's just too much unknown for me to really want to get in on him or to have the confidence. It's hard to say too much, right? Because as you said, outside the top 500, it's not like you're paying for him uh, in any remaining drafts you have, or you're not going to have to splurge in the fab world to get him if you've had all your drafts by now. But I just think there are way too many unknowns and the Rays are going to mix and match and experiment and play around with everyone outside those three fixtures to really feel good about anyone else on this team. Well, that is the precise reason why Tsutsugo was off my radar. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. Wasn't trusting the play time. So when I saw this, I thought, huh, if there if, if there's some follow through on this, uh, he definitely has a, a lot more appeal than I thought he did going into this year. So at the very least, I think we should track that for the first couple of weeks and see how consistent that uh, that positioning is in the Rays lineup. So a uh, couple of bullpen notes here. Matt Barnes has been cleared to return after having a false positive COVID-19 test. This is a situation that DVR and I talked about on the Monday show. So a bit of a reversal here because we had talked about uh, Adam Adovino uh, likely getting a lot of safe chances early on. Not necessarily the case now. So 
just something to be aware of. And Jose Leclerc, he is going to have Tommy John surgery. So that Ranger situation, one that I think, you know, we were all kind of avoiding. This is going to be a situation they're going to have to figure out long term this season. So not necessarily that, you know, you have different players involved right now than you did, you know, a couple days ago. But at least, you know, we can maybe have a little patience here and see how that one develops. Um, but Michael, uh, I want to introduce the segment here because every Tuesday going forward this season, we're going to have a gambling spotlight. So I figured we'd kick that off right now, even though we're not quite yet in in-season mode. Um, what do you have for us that we should be aware of in terms of gambling on uh, MLB uh, for this season? All right, I'm going to run through three of my favorite futures that I've already made. Uh, the first one, Atlanta Braves over 91 and a half wins. Love that offense. Love, love, love the high ceiling rotation. We're getting more good news on Mike Soroka as the days go by. Sounds like he's going to be back sometime in April. I just totally love this team. And 92 wins is what they've done the last couple of years. So they just got to be the same team they've been, and they get north of that number. Give me the Braves over 91 and a half Cardinals under 86 and a half wins. I just wonder how this team wins 87 games with that rotation. Jack Flaherty can't start 50 times. I, like, I think that rotation is going to be a major hindrance to the Cardinals, and I don't see them winning that many games without some sort of reinforcements coming at some point during the season in the rotation. Maybe that happens. I am not betting on it. In fact, I am very literally betting against <laughs> it. And then finally... I like the LA Angels to win the AL West. This is not just a value bet. Oh, I do. I do think there is value on them. They are going for plus 375, which means you get 3.75 times your stake if they do end up winning. I think that this is a year of regression for the Astros. I have major questions about their rotation. I think this is a year of regression for the A's. And I think that the Angels have finally built the team that can stay healthy and contend. I think that the additions of Alex Cobb and Jose Quintana provide the sort of safe foundation that rotation needs. I totally buy what we saw from Dylan Bundy last season. We all know what Shohei Otani can be as a hitter and a pitcher if he just stays healthy. And I love the top four of the order with David Fletcher, Otani, um, Mike Trout, and Anthony Rendon. I think if those four guys stay healthy, you have the best offense in that division. So I love the Angels. I love that they're being treated as the third best team in that division because I think that if everything lines up for them, they're the best team in that division. And it has something to do with the – I think 90 wins might win the West. I think we're going to see a much lesser Houston and Oakland teams than we have seen in recent years. So I think the first to 90 ends up winning that division, and I'm happy to make it the Angels for me. Pretty, pretty interesting. And, you know, the one uh, one of the stars you didn't mention, who I feel like is sort of perennially overlooked, is Andrew Haney. So maybe mm -hmm. this is the year that people finally take the... He stayed healthy last year, right? Yeah. He had the stuff the years before, but no health. Last year, he had the health, sort of got knocked around. I think this can be the year for him. And Griffin Canning, like, there's, an, again, a very high ceiling rotation, like I talk about with Atlanta. And I love, like, those Cobb and Quintana signings flew under the radar. That's just what that team needed. Guys who are going to go out there, take the ball, you know, not blow anyone away, but give them the flexibility to let the other guys figure things out. And, you know, if they need an IL stint, they need an IL stint. So I love those signings for that team. All right. Terrific. Well, interesting stuff, Michael. Really, really appreciate that. So get uh, nuggets like that every Tuesday here on Fantasy Baseball in 15. But that is going to be all for this episode. If you're enjoying this podcast on a platform that allows you to leave a rating and a review, we do really appreciate it when you take the time to do that. 
And before we sign off here, just be sure to check out Ding You presented by BetMGM. It's our March Madness show. Listen on the Daily Ding podcast feed or watch the show on YouTube. For Michael Beller, I'm Al Melkier, and we'll be right back here on Wednesday.